today's webinar is about um, environmental scan part of strategic planning. And I think most people, when they plan, they actually plan in a vacuum. So what I mean by that is that they plan in anticipation that no one else is doing any planning. And that's one of the things if we're in a competitive environment can be one of the reasons why perhaps our plans don't go as we hope or that we you know, aim for a ranking of 100 and we hit 150. One of the reasons could be that we've planned essentially in a vacuum, assuming that no one else is um, doing planning themselves. So obviously planning is part of a wider um, process of plan, do, check, act. There's lots of different versions of this, but um, obviously taking action on your plan is far more important than planning itself. Uh, I found it interesting actually to look up what the value of planning is. Being an academic, I thought I'd look that up. And so intuitively, the reasons we should plan, cover, improve success, increases, increases feelings of control, reduces stress, uh, and we do it relatively frequently in project management or in research management. Some of the reasons we don't plan are that it takes time, that even though it might increase chances of success, it doesn't guarantee success. Um, if we plan, sometimes we don't refer to it. So therefore we think it's a massive waste of time. Um, and in other cases, the environment changes, but the plan doesn't. So then even though we might refer to it, the plan becomes a waste. In terms of what does the academia think about planning? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, look, there's not a lot of planning research undertaken for researchers, but for small businesses, and I think researchers and small businesses are very similar in many instances, early businesses starting out, planning is less essential than those that are well-established. So for research teams that are well-established, planning might be more important than for a research team just starting out. And the reasons why in business that difference existed was um, early businesses are really clear on what their mandate is. They're really clear on what their purpose is. Everyone that they hire is brought into the team with that purpose. But more established businesses, they get bigger, the purpose gets lost, it gets diluted. And that's why planning becomes more important for more established businesses. So I think in research, there might be a similarity there. Small teams, new teams might not need as much planning as existing teams, but that doesn't mean you don't have to do work. Obviously taking action is really important. Um, why am I qualified to talk about this? I've helped people all the time with planning and um, with getting their stuff into the marketplace, essentially helping people understand what it is that they want to say and what uh, others might be interested in hearing about. I started out life as a researcher. This is me in the lab. Uh, and then I exchanged my suit coat for a lab coat. And now, as you know, Fiona, I'm a career coach. I help people with their careers and <laughs> help them answer the question of what next. Uh, obviously it's being recorded and I'll put it on the web later. So if there's something that you want changed or edited, you can let me know as we go or later on, uh, there are programs that I do on strategic planning and I can help your organization strategic or plan their next activity or do their next strategic plan. Um, there are workshops that I run around this as well and other stuff. And I'll get to those at the end. And finally, uh, Fiona, if I talk too quickly or if I mumble, feel free to pull me up and tell me to, slow down and if you're watching this later on on youtube or whatever obviously rewind and fast forward are going to be your friends yeah uh if you see anything you like feel free to share it i reference others 
if you are going to reference these slide decks, make sure you reference who I reference and also please reference me by just um, acknowledging me by tagging me in the post. If you'd like to get in contact with me, the easiest way is via email, richard.heismans at drrichardheismans.com. Yes, it's long, but you only have to type it once. So that's the fun part about it. In terms of strategic planning versus normal planning, uh, I guess the difference that I see is that strategic planning has a lot of context in it. Uh, and it's a bit like uh, using maps to find your way around. Strategic planning would be turning on all of this information around traffic and traffic flow and traffic density. Uh, whereas normal planning might just be knowing that the, the map exists and following what you think is the best planned route. In my view, all plans are important. And these are the three plans that I see used a lot in research. There's the business plan, the implementation plan, and the strategic plan. They all overlap and they work together a bit like uh, cogs in a watch. The business plan, the focus of that is the why. So if it were a soccer team, that would be, say, uh, dribbling in soccer. If it was a opera or a play, it would be um, the, the thing that we're putting on. Um, if it was building, it might be ordering the materials. That's the, the, the why we're doing this or what the building might be used for at the end. The what is the implementation plan. Uh, so that is... Um, the set plays in soccer or the set plays in sport, the dialogue or the music in a musical or a play or an orchestra and the plans for a building. The strategic plan, if we use again, these same ideas in sport, it would be the set plays that we have and who's going to take the free kick and why we'd use one free kick over another in a musical or a play. It might be the people that we decide that are going to be the lead role in the music or the play and same with the orchestra, who's going to do the solo or what instruments might be played at what point in time. And uh, for the building, it might be the, the, um, the technique or the materials that we use because of the certain geological or environmental factors that um, we need to take into consideration. So that's strategic planning in the context of other plans, but environmental scanning is an, a part of strategic planning. It sort of sits within that. And I think the best analogy for researchers is to think of it a bit like a literature, literature review. And so to me, a literature review involves roughly uh, six steps. So the first thing is um, to frame your strategy. Well, so know what's in or what's out. So in an environment, so if you're doing a strategic plan around a thing, um, you might decide to define um, what that thing is. It might be um, a certain research topic or a certain research technique or a bunch of people in a group. The next is then to do the search. And so in a, in a lit review, we might limit our search to certain research databases, but in an environmental scan, we would potentially include everything. So part of the framing would be, define what we would or wouldn't include in our search strategy, but you might use the internet, you might use PubMed databases, you might use the phone book, you might talk to people, uh, you might have interviews. It's whatever process you want to do to collect information. Obviously you'll then note down that what you'll find, and then you'll distill that information down into a key set of words or phrases and some key ideas. Uh, and then you might repeat that process again, but this time you've, because you've already had a look at the environment, you know a little bit about what's already out there. And then finally you'll record everything down into some brief report. Now the idea is like, this could be a very long process, like a literature review could end up being 30 or 40 pages long. 
so could an environmental scan but it's it's up to you how long you want to make it obviously the plan needs to be useful so if you don't do enough scanning you might find that you're constantly going back and trying to find out what's going on if you do too much scanning you'll find you'll never refer to your environmental plan or scan because uh, you have you've collected far too much and it's too hard to go through are there any questions no it's just taking notes <laughs> okay cool no problem in terms of other strategies that people use so if we weren't in research these are the three most common um frameworks that people put into an environmental scan and they're all acronyms um and as you can read it's pest steep and steeple so and they all essentially build on each other so pest stands for political technological environmental social and technological sorry political economic social and technological factors so political is for Australia anyway, the government at all three levels, so state, local and federal, and their views or their um, preferences around what it is that you're doing. Economic would include the grants that might be on offer or the tenders, um, as well as society's ability or desires to fund research. Um, it might be if this was, if you were doing an environmental scan about your own self and where you're headed, this might be come into your own budget and the kind of things that are driving you and your budget requirements as well. Social covers what is socially acceptable or not acceptable. It may or may not include ethics, depending on where you sit with that. Um, and obviously technological is the, the things that can disrupt you or that, that you might use to disrupt others or some of the technological things that are out in the environment that may facilitate or hinder your progress. So, you know, it could be smartphones, it could be um, databases that have uh, lists of jobs, it could be social media, it, it could be um, anything in the technological space. And knowing your frame will help you work out how to interrogate the environment with this um, filter in mind. So added to that, if we move from pest to steep, now we have the ones that we had first about social, technological, economic, and now we add in and political, we also add in <coughs> environmental. Um, so that's essentially the natural environment, uh, but you could make it your research environment as well, if that's what your bent is. Uh, and this is often used in um, farming practices. That's, main reason why environment got added into pest to make it steep but now other people look at other environments so in a research environment that mean might mean access to infrastructure that could mean the culture that could mean others access to infrastructure or your lack of infrastructure and if we add in two more legal and ethical we get steeple so again the first uh Five of those, social, technological, economic, environmental, and political are all the same. Now we're talking about legal. Uh, so in research, there are lots of legal frameworks we need to follow. Obviously, there are laws and rules about employment um, and employment conditions and working conditions. Uh, and then ethical, obviously, there's a massive thing for ethics around the um particularly involving humans, but also involving animals. And you might have your own particular bent around what is or isn't ethical as well. Um, so those kinds of things might play into your environmental scan too. So that might help. That may or may not help you work out, well, I'm going to do a particular approach or I'm going to avoid a particular approach. 
So if we put this into a framework of, um, say, an environmental scan that might be focused on someone's personal activities, um, so social things that might um, affect your scan could be um, career attitudes, your own or those around you to different careers. It could be the demographics that you live in. It could be the demographics that you'd like to live in. Uh, it could be the current unemployment rate and the likelihood that other people are looking for work as well. Um, for research, it could be the current feelings around research. So at the moment, there are increasing focuses on aging and the impact of aging on society. So that might mean your research is more or less fundable because it does or doesn't focus on aging. And obviously the demographics of the people that you might involve in research. A technological environmental factor for your personal um, environmental scan could be that if you're looking for a job, it could be the job search process and how technology impacts that. So that, and that could be social media as well. It could be um, career, um, career listings. Um, in research, it could be the automation of certain activities, uh, the need for development of that, that thing that you focus on or a company's interest in, interest in R&D. Um, economically, it could be the availability of jobs. It could be the salary that you're after or the salary that they're offering. In industry, it could be the, how, whether or not industry partners are willing to support research. Um, you might have a particular area of the environment that you want to focus on, either individually or for research. Uh, employment law and the various sectors being supported. So this might be of interest if you're on, say, a visa or you're looking to be on a working visa and shift countries. Different um, countries have different supports going on for different kinds of skilled migrants. Um, and then obviously grant opportunities might change with the political environment or the research focus might change or you might find that certain politicians are allowed to veto certain applications as has happened recently in Australia. Uh, legally, there's health and safety issues to consider when you're working as well as the job itself and obviously for research, the same thing and then how you conduct your research and the way you report your research and how others report their research and then ethical, obviously research has a whole field devoted to ethics. Um, and so personally, it could be that you might have ethical views on how you may or may not get a job or how others might get a job or acceptable ways to work. And this is ethical can be very personal. So you might find that other people don't um, agree with you on some of your ethics and that's okay. We can all have different views on that, but from a research perspective, there are very clear guidelines around ethics. Um, any questions, Fiona? Um, <clears throat> no, not really. So this is all, well, just to clarify, cause I yep. kind of, at the beginning I was, my head wasn't quite there. Sure. Um, these are all things you need to consider when you're doing a literature review or when you're actually looking to do um, a research project. So you can, you can look at this for a research project. So this is the, the whole idea of this environmental scan is to work out what's out there so that your plan fits in the context of what else exists. So for right. example, if you're planning to go and look for a job, obviously you need to know that you're not the only person yeah. but the way that um, someone might be the way that people might hire might be to use robots to do the, the first filter. Um, 
if you're looking to write a grant around aging, you might need to know that, again, you're not the only organization out there doing aging research, that the government is currently funding um, lots about dementia, that the best places to conduct dementia-based research are involved aged care facilities. So you might you know, look to partner with an aged care facility as part of the project. So this right. is about trying to understand the context that we operate in. So what I, <clears throat> what I have seen and what people tend to do is just plan out their grant. Oh, I'm going to go do a piece of aging research. I enjoy working with, um, I don't know, older people, or I enjoy working in, in the bush. So I'm going to go and research older people in the bush and that's all well and good. But if the government isn't interested in funding it, or there's not enough old people in the bush, if you had done that piece of work first, you might've come to the realization that you need a different strategy to, yeah what it is you're after. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And so it doesn't have to be massive. Like all of this, it, when companies particularly do strategic plans, this can be quite a big process. And what people in, when they're doing their strategic plan, what they tend to do is have a group of people meet that they think know a lot about the entity that the strategic plan is for, but often we, they don't consider uh, the external environment. So they'll talk about mission, vision, mission, vision, values, and goals. And all of those things are really good. And they're all essential for a strategic plan, but the context is lacking. And so sometimes you might find, oh, why didn't we, you know, why didn't we see the impact of the smartphone on our activity? It wasn't because the smartphone didn't exist or no one thought about it. It's because we didn't added into our plan. We didn't play a, a, a role, have a section for it to say, oh, we need to have an app or we need to be mindful that um, participant recruitment for aging research into the bush, how many older people are going to have a smartphone in the bush and how many of those are going to have access to a um, 4G network versus 5G versus 3G. If we had have done that environmental scan, we would have realized that actually, no, we can't do that because we don't, they don't have the technology available to them. Um, so everyone has a plan until they are punched in the face. Normally I put up a picture here of me with a black eye, but I decided not to today. Huh? Given Christmas, it's a surprise. Um, so obviously plans are good until they're no good. And that sounds really odd to say that, but some of the, most of the value in planning and, and the environmental scan is in the thinking about the problems that you might face, not necessarily the solution that you think you'll implement at the time. The thinking process is what, um, where the value is in this, not just the writing down part of this. Um, my experience has been that the curly things that come up as you implement your plan uh, don't always fit with the curly things that you identified in your planning process, but the solutions are often there. So the solution to the technological problem um, might not be what, what you'd originally envisaged, but certainly the opportunities are there to reuse a solution in another place. So I'd, I'd say, don't be a slave to the plan, but make sure your plan changes as the environment does, as other things do. Um, that's basically all I had to discuss around this topic, Fiona. Are there any questions or anything else that you wanted to ask? Uh, no, I can say, well, it, it, it makes perfect sense. I, yeah. I just sort of wonder how much time you should spend on all this type of thing. It's how long is this piece of, piece of string, I guess. Yeah, if you're I doing know. a big, 
So some of it will be relatively intuitive. Like I reckon for yourself, if you're doing this for a research project or a research program, you could probably spend half an hour and go through all of these. So if we go back to that, um, if we, you know, focus on steeple, if you spent, if you took half an hour and spent five minutes on each of those areas and then another fight, the final five minutes reviewing each of those, you'd probably have a lot. One of the key things if you're doing that approach is to not exclude anything. So anything that you think of gets written down and then in the final five minutes you're looking through and fleshing it out. And, and that might be enough. Um, and then you'd potentially write that up and make it into something legible. But for other people, they might spend ages on this because it's really important to know what else other people are doing because they really feel like they don't have a good enough grasp on what others are doing. So I've done projects where we've spent a couple of weeks looking at the external environment, how it's operating, the context that we'll operate in. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. That's quite a good little um, framework there, so. Yeah. I like it. I think it works well. It makes it easy to remember different things. And all this is meant to do is to frame your thinking or to, to prompt you. It's not the final answer, if that makes sense. Just don't forget these things. No, I mean, yeah, it just, it, it, it's very common sense thing to do. It's just uh, mm. in the past, we sort of have, you know, I know I'm guilty of this, have, just haven't been systematic about investigating things or these things or yeah yeah and you might find that the easiest way to do this is to get the people that are involved in the project to think these through you know what are the social issues that we might face what are the technological issues we might face and that could be technological failure technological advancement whatever um, it's definitely useful to think about, I think not enough times we think about the political environment that we operate in and the role that the politics and policies play in the success or failure in grant applications and particularly yeah. when we're working with government. Yeah. Yeah. It's being able to anticipate what might happen too, I would imagine. Yeah. Yes. And so what you might find is that because you can't anticipate you create a more flexible framework that you can deliver in or because you can't anticipate one of the things might be to, you know, work more closely with government or identify government liaison for your project. And my experience has been that um, government are open to the idea of having liaisons on particularly on big projects. So we've been able to recruit government people to projects and to be clear, we're not funding them and they're not funding us. We've told them what we'd like to do. We've asked them for their participation and they generally provide someone who, who does that activity, which is useful. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't quite know what size our projects will be next year, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can do it on your own as well. You might find, so some people are less excited with the idea of planning than others and that's you know that's to be expected uh whereas other people really want to get down into the you know the nitty-gritty of it and want you to write something up that's quite detailed so you'll need to work out what works for you and your team okay um that's pretty much it in terms of what else is going on obviously hope well hopefully you're on the good list and santa comes to you on the 25th um <laughs> and if not have a massive party on the whoops, 31st of January, 31st of December. Oh, look, I hate to admit, but I'm usually in, we're usually 
gone to bed by about 11. <laughs> it's a bit sad, really. <laughs> I used right. to stay up, but... Oh, and I really can't stand the crowds at um, Federation Square. Yeah, so. oh, the, yeah, crowds can be a bit hard to navigate at times, definitely, yeah. But actually, we're not going to be in Melbourne anyway, so... Oh, there you go. Even better. No oh, crowds yeah. to worry about. I might actually do something for once. <laughs> um, so the, first, the next webinar back in the new year will be the 4th of Feb, and we'll look at how to set and manage a budget in a project. Um, if you're looking for stuff to watch over the Christmas break and you feel that this, this one was useful, there's another webinar devoted just to strategic planning more broadly. Um, there's a project management one and there's also um, a bunch of others around grant writing, um, social media, a whole range of them. So, Actually, the budget setting would possibly be good. We, we ran into trouble with that just recently. Just Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting process to manage a budget within a university context as well because there's a whole bunch of finance people that you need to worry about as well. And just getting it coded to different things and not yes. being able to shift across. Um, <laughs> yes, moving the money can be hard, yes. Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't managing it, but the woman I work for, but she couldn't shift money from one category to the other. Another. Yes, yeah. So, that is difficult. You know, you're just stuck. Yeah, it is. Um, if you'd like to get in touch, again, these are my contact details. So like an email or a phone call is usually a pretty good way of getting in touch with me. In terms of what's going on and special offers, I've got LinkedIn for researchers. If you can get access to that um, via my website and also by copying and pasting that link.